the only way out is through, you know? And so that's the process, in fact, is going through those shadowy emotions and feelings and thoughts in order for you to get to the other side of them. And the key is to not stay there too long, is to not indulge in them, to not become a victim to them. Because if we don't let ourselves feel them and process them, and there's lots of ways we can process feelings and emotions and dark things. Like I mentioned therapists and coaches, like you can move your body, you can do breath work, you can journal, you can get into nature, you can cry and scream and beat a pillow. Like there's so many things you can do to move the emotions, to move your body, to get it out and through you. And if we don't do that, that calcifies in our systems. And many, many times it's unconscious. We become resentful. We become sad. We become judgmental. We feel scarcity. We feel even more alone. We project our stuff unconsciously onto other people. Born in 92 on the block with the sharks. Come from a different cloth. Y'all would get ripped apart. You want a diamond, then you gotta get it in the dark. We dropping nuggets like Carmelo went to Rucker Park. Now we eating from state to state. We scrape the plate. I put my eggs in a basket. Took a leap of faith. I took a chance. Now we grow and see the impact. Decoding success with special guests. Now let's bring Matt. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. Matt Labrie here, your host of the top 1% globally ranked podcast, Decoding Success. This is episode number 270 that you are tuned into right now. Very deep conversation to come, but I want to let you know there is a reason you are here. There is a reason you are tuned in right now to an episode where we're going to be diving into unwiring and untangling the way that we view the human experience. That reason is because you need to hear something within this episode. Otherwise, you could be doing anything else in the world, whether that be watching Netflix, listening to music, or twiddling your damn thumbs, anything in between. But no, you are here. So I want you to take a deep breath in and fully embrace this moment because this is exactly where you need to be. We're going to be talking about a lot in this episode with a truly incredible individual that's joining us. We're going to be talking about shifting our mindset from struggling now and working so hard as opposed to living life to the fullest right now. We're going to be talking about the importance of processing our darkness. We're going to be talking about the importance of realizing how rare we truly are, each and every one of us. On that note, we are joined by an incredible individual, as mentioned. Our friend Jessica Zwieg is the CEO and founder of Simply Be, a premier personal branding company with offices in Chicago and Nashville, author of the number one best-selling book, Be, a no-bullshit guide to increasing your self-worth and your net worth by simply being yourself, And she is the host of the top-ranked podcast, The Simply Be Podcast. I'm sure you can see the trend here. Just being you is the key to so many things we're going to be discussing. And on that note, without further ado, we bring to you our friend, Jessica Zweig. Jess, welcome to Decoding Success. Really excited to have you here. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Oh my gosh, Matt, thank you for the opportunity. I'm pumped. Let's do this. I'm curious. How are you? I know that we're kind of uh, just jumping in. We have some hard stops and whatnot. How are you? I'm amazing. I've actually never been better. That's the Why truth. is that though? Well, a lot. There's a wonderful question. It's a big answer. I guess I've gone through some really significant shifts in my life in the last few months. 
and started off the year of 23 in a totally different energy than I've started any other year of my professional life as long as I can remember. And it's really a shift into more ease, into more trust, into more presence, into more fun. Kind of got the memo at the end of 2022. I'm like, what's the point of building this business and working my ass off if I don't actually enjoy it? And so I've made the declaration that 2023 is the year of fun and that this is really my time that I deserve it, that I've earned it, that I worked freaking hard for it to actually enjoy my life. And I've been living in that energy and it's wonderful. I love to hear that. Do you mind going into detail about what those shifts are? Absolutely. I mean, I've been an entrepreneur for 15 years. You know, this last six years, I, it's been building my second company, Simply Be Agency, which is a personal branding firm, which I started as a one woman consultancy six years ago. And today I have 25 employees, a, you know, a book in the market, hundreds and hundreds of clients. Like it's been a very fast, fast gallop. And along the way, it's really taken a toll on me. You know, I've burnt out quite a few times. I've hit depression quite a few times, have been unable to like, you know, see the light because I've been so buried by work and all of the pressure and expectation and obligation, you know, to feed people and like serve and all the things that I do for my clients and the market. And it wasn't until the end of 2022, most significantly, I actually went to Egypt for 15 days on a spiritual pilgrimage, which I've been talking about a lot lately, which was pretty significant life-changing event and just got a lot of downloads and codes and new awareness that this human life is not meant to be hard. It's actually meant to be easy and joyful. And in fact, when we are tapped into that energy, that's when more even manifest. And so a part of me kind of died at the end of the year in a good way. Like I left her in Egypt and that version of myself just kind of isn't here anymore. And the start of the new year, like not filling my schedule every single day, the days that it is filled, I'm not a victim about it. I embrace it. I am making sure my weekends are sacred, like really allowing my team to like handle things instead of me micromanaging every little, like really letting go really trusting, really receiving. All of what I just said is an active practice. Mm. It's not just something like you wake up one day and like, I'll try this on. Like you're conscious of today is going to be a day where I allow, I receive, I trust, you know, and getting good sleep, eating well, like nourishing myself, like just all the opposite things that equal burnout, you know, like, sure, yeah. and that's what I've been practicing since the start of the year. So what was it in Egypt that provoked the change per se? Like, was there anything specific? Was it a person? Was it a food you ate? I'm curious. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm a pretty spiritual person. I've been on the spiritual journey for a very long time. And then you go to Egypt and you're like, oh, this is what it feels like to be spiritually connected. This is what it means to feel true source energy, to have you know conversations with the divine. Like Egypt is a very powerful place on the planet. And, you know... It's not a vacation. It's an aggressive kind of pilgrimage. You go from temple to temple to temple, day in, day out. You get up early. You know, it's a very aggressive trip. And it was amazing. I loved every minute of it. And so there wasn't necessarily one 
moment. There were many moments I had across these sacred sites where I was able to really be quiet, be with myself, be in these energies of these ancient, ancient places and hear things like get real clear downloads around what I needed to hear for Jessica, which was really a, a coming home to my stillness, to my joy, to, you know, my power, which isn't where I think it is. It's all within my, my body and my beingness which is so ironic, right? Because I wrote a book called Be. I built a business called Simply Be. And all I've been doing lately for the last few years is doing. So to get the message in Egypt that it's really the human experience is meant to be enjoyed, that we're actually here to focus on pleasure, not suffering, that we deserve rest, that the gift it is to be in a human body is huge. Life is meant to be fun, that we're intended to experience pleasure in every day of our lives. And yet we are so heads down and, you know, KPIs, milestones, revenue goals, putting out fires, posting that next piece of content, making sure that we're getting paid what we need to get paid. Like this is the matrix. We all live in it. We all can thrive in it to some degree, but it, it takes too much dominance in our consciousness. And we forget, we actually forget how fun and easy it is to manifest a joyful, successful life. And so that's really the headline that I took away from Egypt. I love that. That's so powerful. I'm curious to learn when these shifts were coming about and these downloads are happening and whatnot, it doesn't sound like you resisted. In fact, I actually have the chills right now, but it, did, it didn't sound like you resisted at all. What's your advice for someone listening to this that might have shifts in front of them or opportunities in front of them, yet they're resisting them? So when we're in a state of resistance, we're in a state of contraction, right? We're literally closing ourselves off to an opportunity beyond our imagination. Mm. And we live in, I'm going to kind of go a little woo if that's cool, but like, Absolutely, we live 100%. in a, yeah, I mean, we, I just always, not sensitive to the audience, but like, I'm real woo. So I sometimes have to reel it back in for me, but, <laughs> but like, we, you know, we live in a, a quantum reality. You know, what we see in front of us is really just a construct of our own minds and our minds have been conditioned to think in a particular way or set of beliefs because of our upbringing, our families, our society, our cultures, our environments, when there's infinite possibilities to a reality. And a lot of people don't want to step outside of that because it's uncomfortable, right? We'd rather stay in our comfort zone. And the biggest, most epic growth and expansion and abundance and love and joy for whatever it's worth in my life has been felt on the other side of my comfort zone, has been when I've been willing and allowing myself to get uncomfortable so to your question, whoever's listening, like, how do I, you know, open myself up from that contraction, just accept that it's going to be new, accept that it's going to be uncomfortable and go through it anyway, try it on, like, you're not going to die if you adopt a, a different belief or consider a different belief for a few seconds or minutes or try on a new experience you've never done before. Like science says on the other side of our comfort zones is, you know, the elastin and neuroplasticity in our brains when we learn new things and experience new things, we become happier. So, you know, are you going to maybe change your life like I did when I went to Egypt? No, but you might, you know, find a bit more joy that day. And that's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. You know, what's funny? I, I literally said this to myself this morning. You just said you're not going to die. This morning, I started 75 hard. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but I've done it in the past. It's a program. It's a pretty intense program. Two workouts a day, drink a gallon of water, read 10 pages, whatever. It, it's pretty challenging. But to be honest, I wanted to stay comfortable. I wanted to stay in bed and whatnot. I got myself up. 
went to the park because you need to do one workout outdoors. And I'm in New York City. So it's like freaking 30 degrees at 7am. And I literally said to myself as I was walking, you're not going to die. So it's just so funny to hear that from you. <laughs> because it's true, right? We're not going to die. It. Yeah, yeah. We catastrophe things in our mind. Like, yeah. I say that all the time. I mean, I say that to my team, too. It's like, when we're stressing out about the day today workload and like no one's dying here we're, we're creating websites and instagram channels for people like this isn't like we're not saving lives and most things don't cost you you know a life like knock on wood most things just cost you an opportunity for growth for joy for struggle which leads to growth like you know it's such a beautiful mantra absolutely i want to ask you a question I- i've never asked this on the show before we're i don't know 270 episodes into this it came up on a interview that we had a couple weeks ago with this incredible guy. His name is Dr. Michael Gervais. He works with the Seattle Seahawks. And I asked him a question and he answered with this question. I literally have it right here on my monitor and I look at it every single day. I don't know where this is going to go. So I'm just curious, how would my life or whoever's listening to this, how would their life be different if they knew or I knew what you know? Oh man, that's beautiful. Right? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's go. I gotta think about that on the spot. Um, no, I, you know, I think, oh God, I can only answer that by maybe shedding a little light on my story. Yeah, I go think, right ahead. Absolutely. You, you know, I think it's easy to sort of look at my life or my platform or whatever. Anyone that has quote unquote built a successful business or a relatively happy looking life and, you know, think that they have it all going on or they figure something out. And I would say that the greatest triumphs that I've had in my life are only because I've had like epic, epic, epic failures Mm. and have found myself like rock bottom on the floor, like broke, no money, $100,000 in debt at 33, couldn't pay my phone bill, had to ask my parents to help me, was toxically ill from over drinking and autoimmune inflammation, press anxious, like panic attacks daily. Like that was the kind of impetus of everything you see today. And I think that I know, I know everything from the day I was born to this moment has been happening for me. Mm. Nothing has happened to me. Everything has happened for me, for my highest evolution, my highest soul's involvement and purpose. And all of that has given me these gifts, right? Like that I have like this understanding, these skills, this passion to, to help other people. And I'm probably going to be knocked on my knees again. Like that's life. And just remembering that even if I don't even feel it or believe it in the moment, that somehow deep inside of me in that seed of my soul, I know this is all happening for me. Nothing is ever happening to me. And we really allow and tap into that truth. We allow things to happen, not just for us, but through us. We get to become these sort of instruments, these channels of greater light and love, frankly, on this planet. And every single person has that mission and responsibility in their own right. So that's what I would tell people. It's not happening to you. I know that it's all happening for you. Hey, everyone. I want to pause this episode really quick to shed some light on something here. When we have the human experience tangled up the way the majority of all humans do, we can really pay the price and it impacts our health. When we're in hustle mode constantly, finding ourselves struggling and maybe not being honest about it, not processing the things that are coming up or the things we're pushing down. We're not setting ourselves up for the greatest version of who we truly are. So if you find yourself tossing and turning at night or you're looking to optimize sleep to improve your quality of life, 
it sounds like you're in need of some proper sleep. Proper prides itself on having sleep down to a science. Proper is a PhD-designed formula that has been clinically studied to improve sleep. And being that sleep isn't a one-size-fits-all, Proper has four formulas to help you target your sleep goals with deliberate intention. Those goals are core to help you get better sleep night after night. Restore to help you reset your natural sleep cycle. Calm to help you reduce everyday stress and clarity to improve cognitive performance and concentration. No magic, no tricks. They're thoughtfully designed, backed by science and grounded in behavior change. It's time for you to get proper sleep today and start your tomorrow off on the right foot. Go to getproper.com and take advantage of their 50% off first order offer. That's getproper.com, 50% off your first order. All you have to do is head over to the show notes of this episode, click that pretty little link, and make sure that you let them know Decoding Success sent you. I love that. And it leads me to ask you this, right? If you had the opportunity to talk to Jess, who was experiencing the anxiety, the panic attacks, the depression, right? If you had the opportunity to sit across from her right now, as she's experiencing that, she might not want to hear this is all happening for you, not to you, right? So if someone's listening to this show and they're in that position where they're experiencing the panic attacks, the anxiety, all of the stuff that they don't want to feel, what would you tell them? I would say to her or him, like, that's absolutely normal to reject that truth. That's actually part of the process that, you know, we're not really ready to hear things until we're ready to hear them. And having resistance and clenching and rejection of those truths is part of the game. It's part of the journey. And, you know, one thing that I would also advise that person, as I did, was I wasn't alone. I reached out to people that I trusted, certain people that I had to pay, like a life coach or a therapist that were ready to tell me the truth in my highest service, like that came from a place of love, but were unafraid to give me honest feedback. That's the best kind of feedback from people you know, who want you to win, even if you're in that moment, quote unquote, losing. So I would just encourage that person to identify their allies and make sure that those are people who really have their back and listen to those folks when they tell you things and pretty much exclusively only those folks tune out the rest. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It does. You mentioned rejection being part of the process. What else is part of the process? The process of realizing things are happening for you. Yeah. I mean, you use the word process. I'm just going off of what you said. I'm just getting curious, you know, in regards to us rejecting. So for instance, you know, you were just mentioning that we might want to reject something because it's not what we want to hear in the moment or we're not ready to hear it. Right. What else is a part mm. of that process? I mean, I think a lot of I think what's necessary in that process is a lot of darkness. You have to purge it. You have to feel it. You have to have that, you know, rage. You have to have those tears. You have to have those feelings of isolation, loneliness. You know, you, you can't bypass that stuff. Like I write in my book, like the only way out is through, you know? And so that's the process, in fact, is going through those shadowy emotions and feelings and thoughts in order for you to get to the other side of them. And 
the key is to not stay there too long, is to not indulge in them, to not become a victim to them. Because if we don't let ourselves feel them and process them, and there's lots of ways we can process feelings and emotions and dark things. Like I mentioned therapists and coaches, like you can move your body, you can do breath work, you can journal, you can get into nature, you can cry and scream and beat a pillow. Like there's so many things you can do to move the emotions, to move your body, to get it out and through you. And if we don't do that, that calcifies in our systems. And many times it's unconscious. We become resentful. We become sad. We become judgmental. We feel scarcity. We feel even more alone. We project our stuff unconsciously onto other people and think that it's theirs when it's really ours. Like there's so much that unfortunately like clings on. And I guess the last thing I'll say to answer this question is what's part of the process. I think in this journey of going through it is taking radical responsibility for yourself. Once you're able to, radical accountability will change your life. It empowers you. Everything in your life, your sadness, your success, your failures, your money, your, your romantic relationships, this, your everyday existence, everything is up to you. It's, it's all on you. So when we claim that, it's like, oh, I can create any life I choose. And it's to me, that's, that's kind of like the cherry on top of the process is like, that responsibility, that self-responsibility. I wasn't expecting to go down this route, but I'm so glad we did. I have to ask you, what's a question you wished more people would ask you and how would you answer it? You're a really good interviewer. I love these questions. I appreciate it. No, really, it's just amazing. I think there's a, I'm a pretty open book, but I think one of the best questions I think I'd love to be asked is what is your greatest accomplishment that has nothing to do with your business or professional success. And what is that? My marriage. Okay. Why? I mean, I've been married to Brian, my husband, for eight years, together for 10 and a half. And I would say the first five, we almost didn't make it. Both of mm -hmm. us questioned if we were even meant to be together. We threw out the divorce word, like every fight. It was intense. You know, I felt for a long time that I was growing and he wasn't. We were just kind of living separate lives for a while. And it wasn't until the pandemic, honestly, that like put us into a place where we needed each other in ways we never thought we would. And we hired a relationship coach that cost us a fuck ton of money. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the best investment I've ever spent. And he is my person for life. Like I'll die next to him. Like he's, I think a lot of people, myself included, like want to tap out when it gets hard and think that there's grass is greener or you know, it's, it's not like there's something really profoundly gratifying to the resilience and tenacity of choosing a person every single day. And, and so that's my greatest accomplishment, frankly, how, is my marriage. How'd you know Brian was your person? Like, what was it that solidified that for you? I had a very high, high track record of dating narcissists. <laughs> like that, if you were emotionally unavailable, had a lot of tattoos, didn't make any money, and you were in like, a chef, an artist, or an, a, an actor, musician, like bingo, like 10 years chased that kind of guy and dated them and fell in love with them and had my hearts broken by them. Like that was my type. And that's who I quintessentially thought I was going to end up with. And then I just happened to get, you know, scorched by one last douchebag. And about a month later, I got introduced to Brian and he was this emotionally available, financially successful, kind guy. And I was attracted to it like really attracted to it. And I think 
you know, I knew from like, actually our very first date that if that he he was husband material, like that he wasn't going to play me around, that he was, you know, going to be a man of his word, that he was trustworthy and that he was into me and only me. And, you know, that allowed me to fully be myself with him. And so, you know, I think it was a series of moments, but I think that I had to go through, just like I said before, everything is happening for you, not to you. All those heartbreaks, I mean, shattered into a million pieces, heartbreaks over guys that, you know, I thought I was going to end up with. I didn't. I went through that breakup and all of that learnings so that I could be available to something like Brian. So, you know, I think it's a combination of moments. Yeah. You know what I find interesting? And I'm glad this wasn't the case for you, but when you met your husband and he was financially successful, he was kind, he was what you ideally sought after in a partner. Oftentimes, I'm not going to say just women, men too, get turned off by that. And you didn't, Mm -hmm. which is really awesome. I'm curious for the people that are listening that may have experienced what I'm talking about, where they're in those relationships that just suck, you know, things are toxic, whatever. And then they meet someone. And as opposed to treating the person that treats them great like shit, they treat them the way they're supposed to treat them. And it turns into marriage or whatever the case is. What's your advice for them? I would say, you know, I think you have to go through your, this is such a cliche quote, but you kind of have to kiss a lot of frogs. Like you just do before you find, you know, just it's part of the process and you can't appreciate, you know, what's in front of you you know, unless you kind of know the opposite and are kind of, it's run its course, like you're done. And every relationship is a lesson. Every relationship is intended. You know, all my my single girlfriends who are like going kind of in and out, they're dating a guy for a year and then they break up and who wasn't my guy. It's like, no, he was your guy for that exact moment in your life to teach you right. more about you so that you can go on to find that next relationship with new information about what you really want, who you really are, and what you're expecting from love. And so I just think that you have to like, you're not going to maybe know it's a frog in the moment of kissing him (laughs) or her, but you know, it's all happening for you. And, um, you know, Brian was so opposite of quote unquote, my type. And I think that's a great lesson too, of like, be open to dating outside of your box. Like, be available to different types of people because you'll never know. Like you never know what will surprise you. And kind of going back to what you're saying before, it's like step outside your comfort zone. Mm. You're not going to die if you go on a date with a guy or girl who isn't your type. You're not going to die. You're going (laughs) to learn something, you know? Yeah, I definitely get it. I'm curious, you bring up the word love. Has that word evolved over time for you? In a romantic sense or in life? In general, like has the word love, you know, from childhood to now, has it changed like what it means to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Love is the universe. Love is the highest vibration and truth of the universe. That's why we're all here right now, because we've forgotten that we come to school called Earth to remember that. And yes, you know, love used to be kisses from my mom before going off to school and that kind of thing. And today, love is the reason why I get up and do what I do every day, what my what I worship, what I'm committed to, you know, what heals me, what heals everything is love. Like I said, I'm pretty spiritual and I've had some spiritual experiences. I've done plant medicines. I've gotten, you know, I've been on a journey. I've worked with lots of shamans, healers, my own guides, and everything, everything points back to the truth that we're all here to experience love. And we are 
it, it's available to all of us and at all times. It's love, love. If I were to say I'm not religious, but if I were to give my religion a name, it's love. Love is my religion. That's so powerful. You leave me at a standstill because I don't know if I'm going to do a major U-turn here by bringing up branding, but uh, can we do that? Let's go for it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> like I said, I wasn't- I came in hot today, Matt. <laughs> no, this is fun. This is fun. I just want to point something out. You're the second person ever to be on the show that has mentioned our purpose essentially is to love. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Dr. Jill Bolt-Taylor. She had a near-death experience Mm-mm. and I mean, she actually did pass away. She was- mm pronounced dead and then came back to life. And at the end of the episode, she had mentioned that we're all here to love. So I appreciate you sharing that. And you reinstilled that in me because it brought me back to when she said it. So I wanted to say thank you. But in regards to branding, total U-turn for the people that are tuned in. But I'm just curious. I mean, where did branding come into your life? Like we're talking about a lot of spiritual stuff and whatnot. Like where did branding come from for you? Yeah. I mean, to me, it's all one conversation, frankly, you know, I think I'm in the business of helping build their personal brands. And I believe that your personal brand is a reflection, an articulation of your value in the world and your responsibility and your innate unique gifts and DNA. Like it's just manufactured in a good way into a platform, right? Called your logo and your message and your copy and your programs and your social media. And I, that's what I love what I do so much is I really help people find that connection to their truth and what they're here to do with their lives in lifetime and give them the means and the tools and the direction and the strategy and the support to be seen in the world, right? And a brand is, if we get it right, if we get it clear, if we get it consistent, if we get it cohesive, which we do, it's going to be seen by your right people if you're being yourself, if you're being authentically you. And that's really the crux and core of my work. It's why I called my business Simply Be, the Simply Be agency, because we're really in the business of empowering people to be who they are. And then we wrap it in a personal brand that is true to who they are, that drives their goals, their businesses, their message and mission forward. But to me, your brand is is, is sort of that beacon, that like lighthouse that you get to craft. It's actually a total act of empowerment to write your own narrative and to tell your own story on your terms, to be seen, to let your light shine. That's what we're in the business of helping people do. Mm. And I just, you know, my background is in marketing. I mean, I actually got my degree. I went to college for theater. I got a degree in acting was an actress for about five years out of college, did a ton of like plays, films, commercials, voiceovers, all that stuff. And then I kind of landed very serendipitously in entrepreneurship by building what was kind of a food and fashion blog in the city of Chicago. I ran that blog, which turned into a fully fleshed out online platform for women. I ran that for seven years, built a massive audience for, you know, this we were like the OG food and fashion bloggers of Chicago. 100,000 readers, like worked with hundreds of Fortune 500 brands as our sponsors, our advertisers. We originated like the brand partnerships in Chicago. And I cut my teeth on this whole space of marketing and content and social and PR. And when I left that business, which I left for many reasons, seven years, ran its course, was really ready to go off and do something else. I had all this new knowledge around this industry, but I was also at the time going through my own breakdown to break through mm. and started to really take responsibility and look at myself and you know, realize, frankly, how inauthentic I was living my life for those few years running that magazine. 
got straight with myself, started doing this work, went deeper on the spiritual path. It's like, and meanwhile, my personal brand was kind of working for me unintentionally. You know, I built this magazine. Everyone knew me as the face of that. Started this little one woman consultancy and I got clients right away. No one knew what I did. I didn't even know what I was doing. <laughs> I was like, there's something here. Like this is called my my reputation and my brand name. And this is personal branding. And I should do this. And I should take all these things that I've learned from, you know, working with brands like Nike and Coca-Cola and Miller Coors and BMW and Victoria's Secret and Bloomingdale's and Lululemon. Like we worked with major brands for seven years, getting them on into our audience and engaging them authentically. And I was brokering all those brand sponsorships. So I was sitting at the table with those folks kind of understanding how they tick. And I'm like, why don't I infuse all of this into people Mm. and help people get online, but I'll do it my way. And I'll, I'll make it about personal empowerment, make it about personal transformation. And, and that's really the sauce of simply be it's that intersection of authenticity, humanity, value, business, and all of that equates into what I would like to say, really powerful brands that speak to people and resonate. And so I think it's all spiritual, yeah, frankly. Absolutely. I mean, so many questions. I need to ask one. I've never asked this before. I really want to. In fact, I wrote this down in my journal, which is all the way over there, so I'm not going to grab it. But you being an actress, I am so curious to learn how someone that has to play a role, how do you not become that role? Like, how do you leave that on the movie set or in the theater or whatever? I mean, I'm, I was watching a movie the other day and I'm like, how the, I forgot who it was. It's going to bother me so much now, but I'm like, how the hell is this person not leaving the set and staying in this, like as this person? I'm curious, like, how did you come back to Jessica? It's a great question. And many, I think about that too, like these actors that play these like vicious villains and like have to like find their inner evil and like, or whatever it is. And like, how do you put that down? And honestly, when you're immersed in production, whether it's a play or a movie, you kind of don't, you kind of have to build a relationship with that character and like see the world through her I'm speaking of for me as an actress, eyes continually so that you can really embody that character so that when you step on stage, you're, you know, really authentically being that character, right? right? And I remember when I was an actress and I would be in plays for months and months and then the play would end and I would go through like a mini depression because I was so sad to say goodbye to that character. You say goodbye to that cast that becomes your family, you know? Like it's a beautiful thing being an actress or an actor. I loved that part of my life. I mean, I hated it too. In a lot of ways it was very hard being a young woman in her early twenties, insecure body dysmorphia. Like I had a lot of kind of demons with food and, and exercise that I just is behind me now. But I loved the art. I loved the craft of being an actor and losing myself in a character. And it trained me so much to be an entrepreneur, you know, to be able to communicate, to sell myself, to accept rejection, you know, to to be my own marketer, secretary, like you are the product, right? So I learned a lot and it served me very well. And I don't, I wouldn't say I don't miss it. I don't, I love going to see movies and be a, you know, an audience member in a theater. I love that stuff. But what I'm about to say is really, really cheesy, but I'm going to say it anyway. You know, the 
character I get to play now is myself, right? Like Mm. I left that. It's the best character you'll ever play is you, you know, and leaving it that industry felt so freeing because I, I could just finally be myself. I wasn't at the mercy of a director or a casting director or my agent. I was, I was the conductor of the whole orchestra. Like it was me now. And, you know, I've never really looked back on being an actress. That wasn't that cheesy. I think my next question will be more <laughs> cheesy. Are you still in Chicago? I go back and forth between Chicago and Nashville. Oh, oh, I'm going to Nashville in October. That's cool. I've never been. But I'm curious, from your time in Chicago, Lou Malnati's or Giordano's? Lou Malnati's. The answer is always neither. It's New York pizza. <laughs> I'm only messing <laughs> It's always neither for New that. New York pizza is... No, for sure. New York pizza is epic. I crave a New York slice. There's nothing like the... Nothing. But... Nobody can do deep dish like Chi Town. I know. It's so good. It is good. It is very, very good. But I want to transition back to the personal branding stuff. Mentioning authenticity, being who we are. I'm just curious to learn what your advice is for the people that want to take their personal brand to the next level, but they don't know who they are because of conditioning and what their parents put on top of them society, friends, influence, the matrix, all of that stuff. How do you uncover those layers? Honestly, the only thing that just came to me is just stepping outside of your bubble. Like you got to put yourself in environments, in communities, travel, go outside of your consistent environment as much as you can, because it'll expose all of these areas of which you have become kind of stuck in your linear thinking, in your belief systems, in what makes you comfortable and how you, it just, I think the people who don't actively pursue things outside their comfort zone can't uncover layers. Like the layers aren't, are invisible because they're seeing the same exact thing every day. Their status quo lives, their status quo communities, their status quo neighborhood. Like you have to stretch yourself and push yourself into what I call like the edges of your life. And you will meet a new version of yourself if you if you really fully commit to it. And like when I think about all of the the kind of these accelerated moments of growth for me, they were always when I wasn't like sitting at home in my apartment, you know, like making dinner. They were, you know, at, at a mastermind. They were at a conference in Jamaica. They were, you know, a trip to Thailand. They were, you know, a road trip. Th- I mean, I don't want to sound privileged and be like, just get on a plane and go across the world. Like not everybody can do that. I right. get that. But it's like, you know, really whether like if you're a mom listening to this and you're like stuck at home like not stuck at home but you can't get away because you're raising your family maybe join a new mom group you know a brand new group of women and just meet some new faces and have you know new perspectives on how to raise a child based on other women that you don't know yet who are raising theirs like it just stepping outside that's when you can see the layers. Yeah, I love this. Before I forget, I want to let everyone know that socials, websites, books, all of that good stuff will be in the show notes. I actually just got this, the workbook, Be the Workbook. Yes! I'm curious, if someone picks this up and they go through it, what's the outcome? So I would really like to encourage you to buy my book first and then the workbook, but either one will serve you. And I say that... If you read my book cover to cover, and the same goes for the workbook, because it really is all kind of laid out in a, in a more like high level kind of way. If you read either one of those and you do the work, like you put pen to paper and you fill out the frameworks, and you do the journaling prompt and you do the exercise that I ask you to do outside of it and you fill it out and you apply yourself, you will have built a personal brand. You will have defined your personal brand message. You will understand what kind of content you need to create. You will understand how to build a strategy 
for your business that works for you. You will understand how to pitch yourself to the media and get yourself on podcasts and in placements like TV and radio and digital and beyond. And you will have a newfound understanding of how to master social media so it doesn't feel gross and inconvenient and heavy. That is really honest. I commit that I read so many branding marketing books before I wrote my book. And I was like, these are bullshit. Like what's in here that's actually going to serve the reader? It's so one dimensional. And so with my book, I really made the commitment to be overly generous and give away kind of the keys to the kingdom of what we do in my agency. And so that's what they're going to get. They're going to get a fully baked personal brand that is ready to go to market. What's your advice for someone that's filling out the journal prompts, doing that work to ensure that they're answering from their like true self? I mean, create the space, you know, get still, like, don't be distracted. Listen to your favorite music, block out dedicated time for you and you. Mm. If you're a meditator, maybe you work out, clear your head, get get yourself in the right place where you're really able to be with yourself in doing this work. Another great, it's this is actually in the book. The first exercise I have the reader do is ask three to five people in their life the same question, which is, what is my unique intrinsic value? And I have the reader have those folks write down their responses, not over the phone, but on a text or an email so they can read it. And most of the things that people will say about you are things you would never say about yourself. It's a beautiful ex- exercise. That is your mirror. That is your data to then be with and own and take into your messaging. And that informs the entire brand. And so that would be a great you know, outside exercise to do aside from just creating that space for you. I love that. That's incredible. I'm going to ask you one last question, Jess, before I have to let you go. Unfortunately, I have to let you go. I know you have a live coming up, but pretty deep question. And I I mean, this was a pretty deep talk. So I'm very curious to learn. You live to whatever year you want to live to. You write as many books, work on as many personal brands. You, You do everything you want to do in life, but you can only be remembered for one piece of advice, meaning that piece of advice is attached to your name forever. What's that advice? Oh my gosh. There's literally only one you. You are a fucking snowflake. Like (laughs) nobody has the DNA that you were born and incarnated with and do something really meaningful with it. And most of all, do not forget to have fun along the way. The purpose of this life and you being incarnated in this human body is to enjoy it. And the more you enjoy it, the more lives you will touch. I love that. Jess, thank you so much for this. This was absolutely incredible. Again, in the show notes will be socials, books, websites, all of that good stuff. But thank you so much for this. Thank you so much for this. Thank you for having me on your show. I was so excited when you said yes, and I'm here and I was just honored. You're an amazing conversationalist. I'm just pumped we know each other now. I appreciate that. You have just tuned into episode number 270 right here on the Decoding Success podcast featuring our friend Jessica Zweig. On that note, you could check Jess out in the show notes of this episode where you're going to be able to find her socials, websites, books, and all of that good stuff. But also in the show notes, you're going to be able to check out that incredible offer from Proper Sleep where they're giving you, every Decoding Success podcast listener, 50% off their first order. So make sure you take them up on that incredible offer. And I will let you know this, we never charge for these episodes, but if there was a fee, it would be to make sure that you're sharing it with someone in your life. As mentioned earlier, there is a reason you listen to this episode, and I know that something within this definitely resonated with you. But on that note, there's someone in your life that could also resonate 
with what was talked about here in this episode. So make sure you're sharing this. Check Jessica out in the show notes and also get that incredible offer from Proper Sleep. Until next time, everyone, be blessed. Peace.